You're listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast, where we believe that every teacher deserves a coach, and every coach does too. I'm Chrissy Beltran, an instructional coach, resource creator, and coffee enthusiast. And I'm your host. Stay tuned for practical tips and honest coaching talk that will help you coach with confidence. Hey coach, welcome to episode 48. This is all about four things that coaches need to make time for every single week. I'm Chrissy from Buzzing with Miss B, and I'm here today to help you think about your focus. Uh, so thanks for listening into this episode. I think it's going to be really helpful because one of the areas that coaches really struggle in is we tend to bounce from one thing to another, and our day can be filled up with stuff that has little to nothing to do with what we actually wanted to work on, okay? So tell me if you've had this experience. Sometimes I would have those days where I would get to work, and as soon as I walked in, an administrator would stop me and say, you know what, Miss So-and-so is running late and her class needs covering, or the substitute isn't showing up today, so we need you to cover the class until we can figure out what to do. So I'd go cover the class, I'd sit in there for a while, um, monitor the kids, help them with their breakfast, get them started on their day, and then they would say, okay, we, the sub has come in, or we found somebody else, so you can go back to your regularly scheduled programming. Yeah, right. So then I'd leave that classroom and go back to my office, and I'd have a plan maybe to work on professional development to prepare for a PD that I had coming up. But then I get a call from a different administrator saying that test scores have come in. So we have to head all the way to the office, and everybody sits there with their laptops, and we spend all morning disaggregating the data and just sitting there in this meeting, crunching numbers and just, you know, destroying all of our brain cells, right? It's terrible. Then they'd say, okay, well, this data clearly needs some work. We need to create a response plan to provide intervention to the classrooms that need it the most. So let's sit here and figure out a schedule and a rotation and who's doing what. And we'd sit there and figure out a whole response plan. And then they'd say, okay, in the afternoon, we need you to communicate this plan with the teachers so that they can initiate this plan really soon. We can kind of turn this around really quickly. So then we'd meet with the teachers all afternoon and we'd talk about how to initiate the intervention plan. And then after school, somebody would stop by from central office to hear about our plan to respond to the data. So then we'd share what we already had put together in the morning and all of our plans that we had for the data and what we were going to, when we were going to start and what that was going to look like and how we were going to intervene. And then by the end of the day, you drag yourself home, you're feeling worn out, defeated, and you're still not ready for the PD you were going to plan for. Plus, you had to cancel on maybe two teachers that you were going to provide support to throughout the day because you had this very urgent, sudden thing come up that totally stole your time. And I get that. That has happened to me more times than I can count. And it's the reason that I stopped writing on my calendar in pen and only used erasable pens because what I sometimes wrote ended up being my imaginary plans. Like, this would be lovely if this happened. These are my unicorn rainbow plans. And then they were not my real plans, which, you know, sometimes people will take your day and turn it into something that you did not expect. So I know that time management is not always 100% in your control. There are times that I've resorted to hiding when I know that someone needs coverage. I am not ashamed to say it because <laughs> things have to get done, right? I've covered classes, you know, if I've covered classes a lot and I'm like, you know what, it's somebody else's turn. I would go hide in the library or in a classroom until they'd end up paging me. <laughs> I'm not lying here. And so it's not that I'm not a team player, but honestly, there are things that have to get done in a timely manner. And as a coach, you are the only one who can protect your time. No one else can protect your time. 
So today I'm going to talk about four kinds of protected time that you're going to want to include in your schedule every week. Okay. And these are um, different kinds of things that are going to make a real impact in your coaching work. And they are going to be supportive of you accomplishing these goals that you want to set every single year. One thing you could actually do is color code these different types of time in your calendar to make sure that every week you're making time for these things. And then share with your administration to explain that you have a plan to really focus your time on the things that will matter. If they know something is essential to supporting the growth of your school, they might actually look to someone else when they have those urgent tasks come out. And whenever you you think about those urgent tasks. Think about like Steve Covey, the seven habits of highly successful people. He talks about dividing up your time into different quadrants and figuring out where it's going. And one of those quadrants is urgent tasks, things that come up and have to be, they're like fires that have to be put out. Um, but whenever we spend all of our time on those things, instead of the important tasks, then we're really not moving the needle. We're really not making an impact. So whenever we're always putting out fires, which sometimes we have to, are we really doing the job that we're there to do? So here's what I want you to think about. These are the four time, different kinds of time that I want you to block off in your schedule every single week. And then I'm going to tell you a little bit about each one and why they're so essential. The first one is time to learn. The second is time to work towards goals. The third is time to support in classrooms. And the fourth is checking in on your teachers. So let's talk about time to learn. This seems obvious, but it's really not. Coaches are expected most of the time to be experts, but they often have very little time to grow. And whenever I think about my experience as an instructional coach, and everybody's is different because all districts and schools function differently, a lot of the training and workshops that I got, I'd say 95% of them were geared towards best practices in my area of focus, which was literacy and social studies. So we were talking about best practices, which I actually was very well-versed in, instead of learning about how to do the hard work of coaching, which would have been more helpful to me, especially as a, a new coach. So I needed to dedicate time on my own to grow and learn because that time was not being built into my workshop schedule, which was frequent. <laughs> so I was being pulled out a lot for trainings on things that I already felt pretty confident in and I wasn't getting the training in the things that I really did not feel confident in. So here are some ways that I have learned to grow over time and that you can also grow and you can block off this time for these things every single week. One thing you can do is you can join a membership. So Coffee and Coaching is not open right now, but that is the membership that I co-host with my business partner, Nicole Turner from Simply Coaching and Teaching. It's closed now, but it's going to open again over the summer. So I want you to make a note at the end of the school year to look into Coffee and Coaching because this is one way that you can grow your coaching community and learn from each other. And the beautiful thing about Coffee and Coaching is that it has um, ongoing learning opportunities. Every month is a different focus, and there's a PD bank full of virtual coaching strategies and tools as well. And all of those can really be supportive of your time to learn because every, every month you're going to have new content that you can dig into and try out and make a plan for implementation. Another way to learn is to sign yourself up for PD. So I had to do this myself because the PD I was getting from my district was really focused on literacy practices and integration of social studies and things like that. So instead of like in my own free time, haha, <laughs> free time, let's all laugh at that, that phrase that I just used. <laughs> 
<laughs> in my own free time, I would sign up for things that were specifically about coaching. And there are a few opportunities that you can use that you can do every single year that I participate in if you're looking for something to help you learn. One of them is the Simply Coaching Summit. And that happens over the summer. It's in July. It's an amazing few days, four days last year of content and new ideas and, and sessions from different coaches and experts in the field and panelists. It's incredible. So that's a really great place to get started with your learning over the summer. But you can also sign up for the reset, which happens in December. And that is a single day after, after the Christmas holiday. Um, it's usually around the 28th, 28th, 30th, somewhere in there. And that is one single day full of sessions. And it just kind of gets you recharged and prepared for the, for the fall, the winter that you're going to go back to. You can also sign up for an, an instructional coaching course. So I have the Confident Literacy Coach course that is specifically for literacy coaches. But for example, my friend Nicole has a Simply uh, Coaching course, and that is for coaches who are in you know, different uh, grade ranges and focus on different things. So there are courses online that you can take at your own pace. You could do one lesson a week if you want in 15 minutes. You, know? you can do a lesson every morning with your coffee if you want and spend you know, 15, 20 minutes a day. And you can work through those courses over time and and over time, you're going to learn so much stuff because you've invested in your time to learn. And we have to feel good about the choices we're making when we're coaching. So many times we don't <laughs> because we are doing our best. And sometimes we're just running on gut instinct and our instinct does not always serve us. So we need to learn these strategies from the outside. Another way you can grow is obviously reading professional books. And in my AMA episode number 44, I talked about how whenever I read professional books, I dip in and dip out, just like we tell children they can do with nonfiction. If you're reading a book about animals and one of the chapters is zebras and you're a zebra fan and that's what you want to read, read the chapter about zebras and maybe read the one adjacent to it about giraffes. But you don't have to read the whole book from cover to cover. That's the way I am. I will usually read the first chapter to get like a framework of what the author is intending to accomplish with that book. And then I will dip in and dip out of other pieces as I need them because to me they're a resource and I'm learning from that resource, but I don't always have time to go cover to cover on a book to get the important pieces that I need. So that's one thing you can do is reading professional books. You can also read blog posts and, you know, blog posts or posts on a website. Um, many instructional coaching specialists have websites full of content. They have videos, they have um, tutorials, they have blog posts that explain important ideas and strategies. And I have one, of course, buzzingwithmissb.com. You can check out that blog, but you can also find posts from um, Steve Barclay, who's, who's uh, been a guest on this podcast and from... Um, Elena Aguilar, who's also been a guest on this podcast, <laughs> you can find um, tons of content from these people and they are experts in the field. So just Google it and spend some time learning every week. And my last recommendation, of course, is what you're doing right now, listening to podcasts. To me, this was the easiest way to get learning into my brain because I could do it while I was doing something else. And I'm a big fan. I know I'm not supposed to multitask, but I like it. And if I'm only doing one thing, I feel like a part of my brain is not being used. So whenever I'm doing a mindless task, like let's say I'm stuffing bags for a family literacy night, or I am cutting materials out or something, you know, stapling, hole punching, instead of watching TV, I could be listening to a podcast. Or if I'm driving, I'm always listening to a podcast. Or if I'm washing dishes, why not? So I make time for those things on my own personal time, but it's whenever I wouldn't be able to do anything else anyway. So it's not taking away from my personal time, you know? So those are some ways that you can grow and really spend that time to learn every week purposefully. You can join a membership like Coffee and Coaching. You can participate in online PD or of course in person PD. 
if you've got those opportunities in your area. You can uh, read blog posts, you can read professional books, and you can listen to podcasts. So really think about what you would like to grow in and what your schedule needs you to be and to know. Who do you need to be and what do you need to know for your job? And so look into learning opportunities that will help you achieve that. You can also ask for funding. So PD does not, is not free, although online PD tends to be for, very affordable compared to in-person. Um, so you, but you can ask for funding for, like, for example, if you were to join the Confident Literacy Coach course, um, you could ask for funding from your principal and they will often provide you with a PO or sometimes it can't hurt to ask. And then you dedicate that time every week. And if you need to find a place to hide, do it. <laughs> um, find a place to hide so you can get your learning done because it's going to make you a better coach in the long run. Number two, the second kind of time that we want to plan every week is time to work towards goals. So we talked about goal setting back in episode 24. We talked about SMART goals and how to structure your time to meet them. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I really recommend that you do because if we are not setting goals in our instructional coaching work, then we are not actually um, moving towards any specific direction. And we're just like I talked about before, probably putting out fires. So we can set goals, but then if we never come back to meet them, or to see how we're doing towards those goals on a weekly basis, then we're not growing towards those goals. We're not meeting those goals. So this is my recommendation to you. I want you to post those goals on the top of your calendar every month. One, two, three goals or four goals, whatever you've got, make a little note of them on every calendar page because as you're planning out your week, I want you to refer back to those goals. I want you to post them on your door so you can see them when you walk in or out of your room. I want you to post them in the bathroom if that's where you go to ponder life's mysteries. I want you to put them up visibly next to your desk, tape them to your desk, put them somewhere that you can easily refer to them because we want you to have those goals fresh in your mind. Goals have a way of being set and then forgotten, and we don't wanna do that. I also want you to check in by creating a regular time to evaluate your goals and figure out what needs to be ne done next and plan those, those things that you need to do next on your calendar. Actually put them on your calendar so that you are accomplishing those steps towards your goals and check base with your administration. So for example, this is what that can look like. If every Monday at 7.45, I decide I'm gonna park myself in my office and review my goals and my progress, then every Monday at 7.45, I sit down, I have my coffee, I take a look at my goals and I think about what have I done towards those goals? Or maybe every Friday after everybody's left, which was one of my favorite times to get work done. <laughs> Sometimes there's the only time to get work done because nobody else was there. So at like 4.30, I was like, yes, everybody's gone. I can get my stuff done. I can review my goals and think about how they progress that week so that I can use them to make a plan for next week. And if I'm thinking about, for example, a goal that's focused on data, using data to create plans with teachers, then I can ask myself some questions to really evaluate whether I've done that. In order to evaluate this goal, you could ask yourself things like, who have I met with? What data have we used when we planned? What plans have we created? Have those plans been followed through on? Were they successful? How can we adjust them? Is our planning process working? Is our data review process working? How can I translate this to other teachers and grades and content areas? So whenever you're evaluating your work towards these goals, you can ask yourself these questions to make sure that you are actually tackling your goals every single week. The third kind of time that I want you to build into your regular week is time to support in classrooms. This is huge. This is your bread and butter. 
So in episode two, I shared my top five ways to grow teachers, and they are really focused on classroom work. So this includes a coaching cycle, modeling, co-teaching, and observing in classrooms. And it is the way that coaches make an impact. So this may have happened to you. It's totally happened to me. If you look at your calendar and it's full of stuff to do, but there's actually not time that you're spending in classrooms plugged into those calendar days, I can guarantee that you're not making the impact that you want. And how do I know? Because it happened to me and I was not making the impact that I wanted when I was spending all of my time in meetings and working on school initiatives and out for PD. Who was I impacting if I wasn't in classrooms, right? So I personally totally get how this happens. I mean, I've, I've gotten stuck with a task list a million miles long and you have little time for classroom support sometimes, but without it, we're not changing teaching and learning on our campus. So what we might have to do is advocate for that classroom time by sharing research on how classroom support can actually change teaching for the better instead of just meeting with teachers in a room and then sending them back to their own classrooms to hopefully, you know, apply and transfer whatever it is that you talk to get about in that room. So what can your classroom work look like? Well, Earlier in the podcast, in episodes, starting episodes two, three, four, five, right, right at the very beginning, I shared the different kinds of classroom work that you can do that are, that's especially impactful. So if you're not sure about what classroom can work can look like, I definitely recommend that you head on back to those episodes and listen, because I think it's going to make a real impact on your coaching. But basically, you're going to have a pre-conference and start a coaching cycle. You're going to do some sort of classroom work, which includes an observation of the teacher teaching, or you can model a lesson, or you can co-teach a lesson together. And then you'll have some sort of post-conference. And then you can actually initiate a new cycle based on what you learned about working with each other and about working with the kids in that first round. So your, your classroom work is going to include coaching cycles, and it's going to include you actually being in the classroom, providing feedback, showing how things are done, listening and learning and figuring out what works best for the teacher and their kids. So that's the time that you have to block off every single week. Honestly, if you only block off one thing, this probably has to be it because this is the main heart of your job. The fourth thing that I want you to mark off is checking in on teachers. And this is something that we might do without thinking, but if we're not really thoughtful about it, we're not doing it regularly enough and we're not getting to all of our teachers because between you and me, <laughs> aren't there some rooms that you kind of avoid a little bit because they stress you out? There were rooms that I avoided a little bit because they stressed me out. So I had to purposefully make a point of putting in my schedule when I was going to go check in on those teachers. And this is the rationale behind it. A friend of mine, Tamara Russell of Mrs. Russell's Room, recently shared on Instagram about two visits that she had in the same day. One was a visit from an instructional coach and it was an instructional support visit. They were there to do what coaches do. And she said, and that's fine, right? They're there to support. Okay. But the other one was a mental health support person who came by her classroom just to check in and see how she was doing. And that was so impactful to her that she felt like she had to share about that to remind us that we have to check in on each other. We don't all have mental health professionals on our campus, though. So, and if we do, they may or may not actually do that work. Sometimes they're more focused on students and teachers, or they're not focused on either thing. I mean, it happens sometimes that they get used as another administrator, especially at elementary campuses. You see that happen. You see in secondary campuses that their work isn't really focused on mental health. It's more about like college and career prep and stuff. So sometimes those professionals 
are pulled in other directions and you can see that there is a need to check in on teachers. Even if they do have, if, like you could have the most amazing counselor or mental health professional on your campus, but teachers would probably like a check-in from you too. And it'll go a long way towards building that positive relationship. So this is my recommendation, is that every day you schedule a couple of teachers, one or two, in the morning, first thing, to get into those rooms and check in. And it's different than classroom work. This is not supporting the teacher in an instructional manner. This is making sure that the teacher knows that someone cares about them and that they matter and that their mental health matters. So what can you do if you walk into the classroom and the teacher is just hitting a wall and they are at their wit's end? You could offer to watch the class for a couple of minutes while they run to the restroom or get a drink of water or soda from the machine. You could set up a time to talk and figure out how you can help in the future. But mostly you can just listen and say, can you tell me what's going on? Seems like we're having a hard day. I totally get it. You know, this is a really hard time. Um, talk to me and just see what's going on. Sometimes that's the best that we have to offer is listening with empathy because Teachers don't get a lot of empathy. <laughs> um, and if we are in the position to do that, there's your relationship building right there, right? So those are the four things that I think you should make time for every single week that are going to change the kinds of work that you do as a coach. Number one, time to learn. Number two, time to work towards goals. Number three, time to support in classrooms. And number four, check in on your teachers. Um, I'm going to share with you really quickly before we go here a little resource that I think might be really helpful to you in scheduling your time and in figuring out where to focus and in having some of the forms to do some of this kind of classroom work as well. That's the Instructional Coaching Mega Pack, and you can find it at my TPT store, which is called Chrissy Beltran Buzzing with Miss B. Whichever one you search for, it should pop up. The Instructional Coaching Mega Pack includes instructional coaching forms in printable and in um, online format. And uh, they're fillable PDFs, so you can actually type right into the boxes. It includes different calendar types and styles um, and really cool tools that are going to help you do your work. It's huge. It's a big resource, and I think you're going to love it. So I really want you to check it out because it's going to help you solve a lot of the little day-to-day -day problems and the stuff that you're having to reinvent the wheel and create from scratch. It's all in there. It's every form you're going to need. So check it out. That's the Instructional Coaching Mega Pack, the Instructional Coaching Binder Mega Pack. And that's at Chrissy Beltran, Buzzing with Miss B on, in my TBT store. I also hope that you join me next week. I'm really excited because I'm going to start something totally new. This new thing I'm doing is um, it's basically a coaching call. So about once a month, I'm having a guest instructional coach call in and we are going to introduce them, share a little bit about their coaching work and what they're doing and what their experience has been. And then we're going to do a little problem solving and figure out some of the challenges that they have, what are some of the opportunities that they have that they can turn those things around or what could they try differently to see if they, a different approach would work. So I'm really excited to do that. And we're starting next week in episode 49 with my very first coaching call that's going to go on the podcast. So totally tune into that. That's going to be next week. And until then, happy coaching. Thank you for listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. Want more coaching ideas? Check me out at buzzingwithmissb.com and on Instagram at buzzingwithmissb. If you love the show, share it with a coach who would love it too, or leave me a review on iTunes. It's free and it helps others find this show. Happy coaching. Happy coaching.